Welcome to Nobody Told Me That, your source for candid business talk and stories. Your host is speaker and author Teresa Duncan. Sit back, buckle up, and hang on. are fresh off of a wonderful Business of Dentistry conference. Um, I'm Teresa Duncan. I'm back. And so is my co-host, my partner in crime, Kevin Henry. Kevin, how are you? Hey, my friend. I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing good. It sounds like you got some action in the back. Are you in some kind of, uh, are you in like you a know, trade show? Are you in a coffee shop? Where are you? I, I am sitting at my favorite coffee shop in northern Colorado here uh, doing uh uh, a little podcast with you while the internet is reworked in our house and we get a faster modem. So I said, hey, good excuse to enjoy some nature and some coffee. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Do yeah, they know, you, know you well? Do they know you there? Like they know your favorite drink and all that they, kind of stuff? It, they, they don't. They know Dana very well. They're like, oh, wait, you're the guy that comes in with the blonde, right? So that's, oh, that's, that's basically so how they know me. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Yep, so. So you're, you're, the, you're the blonde, the, guy, the husband of the blonde. That's funny. Exactly. I'm the guy who hands over the credit card. You know, so that's what I do. <laughs> you know, no, it's all good. That's, it's funny because we, we definitely have those, those roles when we go out, right? Like usually – um, you know, when I'm out traveling for business, and you're the same way when you do travel solo, we take care of our, our own expenses. Oh, yeah. You know, we're one who hands out the credit card. But for some reason, when Norman's with me and the person tries to hand the check over, I just kind of look at it like, what is that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, that happens. It's funny how that happens, that Dana will pay for it, and then all of a sudden I get the check. You know, it's, and it's just that inner... Uh, sexism, I guess you could say, you know, where it's, it's, you know, gosh, the man's paying for it, right? So, yeah, yeah it, well, it makes us both chuckle a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I love when they call him, at the hotels, they call him Mr. Duncan, and his that's oh, not his God. last name. And Same just, here, yeah. You know, and he he's just uh, kind of like, really? <laughs> yeah. See, I do the same thing. My skin just kind of crawls a little bit, but, you know, I, I get past it. I, I take another drink of Fireball, and it's all good, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, the first 10 years of our marriage were, I don't care if you take my last name, baby. It's fine. It's fine. The, the second 10 years has been like, I should have made you take my last name. <laughs> I know. I know. And then at that too point, late. you crossed the line of no return. Exactly. Yeah, sorry. Too late. <laughs> um, all right. So the business of dentistry was so much fun, and that episode uh, is going to be really fun for people to listen to. If you haven't listened to it, it's the one right before this one, and we did some behind the scenes. I gave you some tips, you know, like before setting up to speak and then after setting up, and then Kevin and I did our wrap-up. Um, basically, every day we did a wrap-up and yeah. uh, talked about uh, what we saw, any trends and all of that. And, and, you know, one thing I forgot to mention was I got to see um, Abe Casbo, who is a marketing guru, and I, you know, I don't, spend a ton of time with Abe and I don't want to turn this into the Abe love fest but but when I do I always remind I always think why don't I spend more time with this person do you see that on the road like there's got to be people on the road that you see and you're like wow I really need to make this person more of a regular part and then of course you go to the next trade show and you you forget about that that kind of outreach and Abe is that person for me 
Yeah, and, and we've all got those people that we want to spend more time with, and yet we're pulled in a million different directions at trade shows. Uh, you know, Steve Jeffrey, who popped in on our podcast, you know, while we mm-hmm. were sitting there last time, yeah. he's one of those guys for me. I never seem like I get enough time with him uh, to learn. So he's uh, a lot of fun. Oh, listen he's to a that! You great got, guy. You have a plane overhead. Yeah, Longmont International Airport here in Northern Colorado. So uh, yeah, you know. Well, what do you get, like, hey. like 10, 10 flights a day or 12, 12 yeah, 10, flights a day? Yeah, 10 flights a day, you know, nonstop <laughs> being here in Denver, you know. It's, it's nice. great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Steve yeah, is anyway. hilarious. He's, like, I, I spent, when we were at that uh, Henry Schein meeting at, at Sundance, actually, every time yes. I've spent time with him, he's just been hilarious. So I, I could see that for you. Yeah, and and he's really a good business guy as well, much like Abe. I mean, uh, I don't want to I don't want to backtrack from what you were saying, but but yeah, Abe is one of those guys that I've really been impressed, you know, with what he has done as far as his documentary goes, uh, and mm-hmm. the way that he has turned out his heritage into really a, a, a neat, cool thing to really talk about his background and you know some of the struggles that his nationality has gone through. Uh, so I, I think it's pretty fascinating. Well, and he said it's on um, it's on PBS. It's yeah. being you know regularly picked up. And you know this is horrible. I don't even know the name of the documentary. I watched part of it when he had the um, the the film trailer up and all. You know I'm going to go look it up now because I really should know the name of it. Oh, I, I see, look at the, this. Three three hours ago he put up that there's a new title. So here here it is. We uh, the Arab Americans. So it's okay, um, Kevin, because he changed the title. That's why we don't remember the title. Well, that's what it was. And I'm, and I'm sure that'll be in the show notes. I have no doubt about it. So, yeah, it's the Arab American. So so what was really um, – oh, we just got to let that plane just kind of fart its way through there. You know, no, see, we've had a plane, and now we've got the truck making deliveries. So, you know, oh, it, it, was was perfect, tr- it was perfectly quiet when we started this podcast, I of swear. Course. So, anyway. Oh, so funny. Um, so Abe was having me, I was dying laughing because Christine Taxon was talking and Abe was in the room afterwards. He was scheduled to be in the room afterwards. And so we were trying to be as quiet as we could um, in the back of the room. But I couldn't stop laughing because he was telling me that since this is, of course, um, it's it's the Arab Americans. It brings out the worst in certain people. Um, he gets, you know, hate mail and he gets, you know, death threats. But he was telling me about the hate mail and I, and I was laughing about it. And, and you'll hear why. It's not that I was laughing at him getting hate mail. But um, he 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 was saying that these people are so stupid that they leave their names or like it's coming electronically, so it comes from their personal email. Oh my gosh! Or, you know, and he's like, these people are so stupid. So he just goes, okay, fine. He blocks them and then he forwards them, you know, onto the um, to the FBI, and then you know, then you're on some watch list. So so even if you dislike dislike Abe and you send this email that says, you know, you suck and, you know, go do whatever. (laughs) You're on a list now because you were so stupid that you didn't try to do it anonymously or whatever. He said he doesn't get that much like mail, mail, like snail mail, but the amount of electronic hate, I I just, how funny is that? (laughs) It's stunning me that people who want to commit hate crimes aren't that smart. That's a stunning revelation to me, I tell you. You you would just think, though, that they would just kind of maybe maybe go two steps forward in the thought process and realize, oh, this could be tracked back to me. So so he was laughing about it, and he's just like, yeah, I don't care. He's like, send it on. He's like, all I do is just That's get funny. forward, and it's all fine. He he probably has, like, his own hotline at the FBI. Isn't Can you I, imagine? I would bet so. 
you know, but, you know he, he's doing such a great thing. And, and like you said, it's on PBS. I've seen a little bit of it, and what I've seen is just phenomenal. But this is a guy, I mean, you talk about a marketing guy. He's a guy who's figured out a way to get his message out there, you know, and worked mm-hmm. with uh, the local stations and then moved up to PBS. And he's done a great job with this. Yeah, yeah. And and he, he is... Uh He's he's understanding, too, of the struggles that the doctors are going through. One other um, issue that she was – that he was talking to me about was that um, he, doctors are, are naming so-called social media gurus in their office. Um, mm. And and really, it's the person that knows how to use Facebook the most. So they're really sure. not truly a social media guru, um, which got me thinking. So – in your mind, when somebody tells you that they do the social media for the office, what is what is the difference between someone who's just kind of casually doing it and someone who's actually doing it for I, a reason? My my, with, my take on that is is mm-hmm. that it's not like the insurance coordinator, you know, who feels like that he or she is in that role and specifically that. You know, I've had a lot of dental assistants tell me that they do the social media for the practice because, like you said, they're the ones who are most comfortable with Facebook. And it may be five minutes out of their day or whatever it is. Uh, so yeah, I don't I don't know of any like social media coordinators that are just that within the practice. I know you know Rita Zamora and people like that who do it outside, but not within. Yeah, and I um, one thing too. So and, and Rita does a great service. I mean, she basically takes your social media and packages it and does it you know does it for you or she teaches you how to do it and Abe I'm sure does the same thing um, and I think he was saying he does mostly websites I mean the real the real takeaway from this is that I I was I know that other social media people or marketing people are aware that the main pushback that they get is that there's somebody in the office that's saying why are you paying someone to do that I can do that um, oh sure and, and so that's that's the issue so I think a couple things I just want to get out there that if any doctors or managers are listening to this, there's a couple items, though, that you should be paying attention to if if you are electing to do this in-house. You know, number one is um, access to the Facebook page. Is it your Facebook page or did your employee create it, which means now it's your employee's Facebook page, even though it says your office. I mean, and uh, how, how many horror stories have you heard about that? Oh, plenty. Yeah, I, I've, I've got one that I always share in my lecture about a dental assistant in Iowa who demanded a raise, didn't get it. She went into the office's Facebook page, tagged the doctor about how cheap he was, changed the office's Facebook password, and walked out the door. Great. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> you know, it, and it's one of those jaw-dropping stories, but it's still one of those, like you said, you know, people have to make sure that it's their Facebook page and they know the password and the recovery if needed, you know, so it's very yeah. important. Well, and, and then the other part, too, is is let's make sure that what they're posting is, is appropriate, so not just yeah. not just HIPAA stuff. I mean, that's that should be common sense, although we should probably discuss that, but the appropriateness meaning... Um, if there was a world tragedy, like uh, like the Barcelona, you know, God bless yeah. those people in Barcelona, what what happened yep. there, th- and you have timed your post to go up, you don't want some happy-go-lucky post going up when everybody's crying about, you know, Barcelona. Uh, I remember when, do you remember the New, Newtown, um, Connecticut, oh, yeah. the shooting? Oh, gosh, yeah. That was awful. Um, but I remember on Twitter and on Facebook, all the scheduled posts went up, and everybody was so happy. And 
and I think a lot of companies, actually, if I remember that correctly, a lot of companies got some flack for not checking their automation. Um, yeah. And yeah, so if you appropriateness. Say, yeah, if you say it's a great Monday and smiley faces and, and the national tragedies just happened, yeah, that's that's a problem, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then there's the other issue of, and, and I hate to say this because we know very educated people with this te- with this problem. So I'm not I'm not try- saying that just team members, but spelling and making sense. Oh boy. So. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Did I yeah. just trigger the editor in you there? Well, you, you did, and, and I'll tell you what catches so many people is that they try to do something quickly and autocorrect catches them, and they mm. don't realize that that's you know been been misspelled or isn't the correct word. Oh, it dropped back. Okay. No, it's okay. Um, and so, so we talked about the spelling. We talked about it being kind of nonsensical. Um, and then, and then the other problem that I see, and so, uh, is that they they don't calendar. Stuff I saw that. I they basically right. just kind of throw stuff up, and it's not calendared, meaning yeah. um, meaning it's not regular. Like, it's just whenever they feel like it. Right. Uh, there has to be some kind of schedule. There has to be something that is very, um, uh, you know, it's not willy-nilly, as my grandma used to say. Uh, you know, that it's mm. something that yeah has some purpose and some sense to it. There you go. There you go. Yep. So, So he was telling me that, that there is a... Um, he's going to focus on websites now because the social media market, you know, there's too many people trying to do it on their own. That's not what he's saying. I'm interpreting that that particular part. Um, and I know Rita's done a real good job with that as far as kind of getting into that niche. Um, and I'm starting to see now that people are realizing that they can't do it on their own, especially, I think, as Instagram becomes a little bit more popular than it used to be. Um, yeah. How, now, how do you feel? Do you feel like Instagram is still kind of the forgotten social media, or do you feel it's it's a good yeah. avenue no, for offices? You know, my my ranking and is that Facebook is obviously big number one, but I think Instagram is growing as far as no practices go. I think that Twitter is still an unknown out there, uh, but I, I I would say Instagram is probably number two. But I think people still aren't very comfortable with it, and so therefore they kind of don't do it properly or don't do it at all. Uh, so I, I do think that there's a lot of opportunity out there with the Instagram, especially since it is such a photo-driven uh, medium, you know, and certainly a lot of could be done for dental practices. Now, are, are there any types of accounts on Instagram that you really love to follow? Um, you know, I, there are. There's actually a, a bunch of dentists who I follow on Instagram just to see what they do. Uh, and one of them is out in the Bay Area, and I'm going to see her, and I'm going to butcher her name, so I, I dare not even say it. Uh, but Amory Gorgiza, I believe that's how you say it. Is it Gorgia? Uh, I think it's Gorgia. Gorgia. See, that's Dr. why. Gorgia. Yeah, you know, she she's out in the Bay Area, uh, and she does such a great job. She has got it nailed down where she gets the model release forms, and any time that a new patient comes in there and is smiley, happy, especially kids. Uh, you know, they do a great job of posting up there about orthodontics. They do a great job posting up there about somebody had a great visit, cavity-free. You know, but again, they're doing the things behind the scenes to get the model release forms. She does a really good job of marketing her practice. And whenever I think of her, I think of happy patients. She's done a really good job of correlating that. And I think, I think honestly, any dental practice can do that, but I'm not sure that I see that many taking that chance to do that. Hmm. So, so just that, that whole that whole atmosphere of being in a good place, being in a happy office. I like that. 
Like yeah, that. you know, you know, because so many people are, are, as we know, they're so afraid of going to the dentist, and that's just not the job that I get whenever I see her Facebook page. And it's shiny, happy people, as Arya would say. You know. Um, let me see. Who do I like? Um, there's a couple. Well, first of all, I love my Jack Russell Terriers and my Westies. So yeah. I'm always taking care, looking at them. Now, Heather, uh, I don't know if she goes by Heather Yarnell or Heather. McIsaac. Um, do you know who I'm talking about? She used to work with Banyan, or she might still work with Banyan. Yep. Um, her her Instagram page has a whole bunch of like scenic stuff and great pictures, and so I, I kind of like that. Um, there's a another lady. Gosh, I can't remember her name, but she really I like her a lot. I think it's Betsy something, um, and she. She has a really good, or Betty maybe, she has a really good um, social media page. I have alerts set up for that. It's all about front office stuff. And um, Okay, I was going to ask what made it so good. Okay. Um, it, it's, you know, she's got like just good articles and all of that, and I reached out to her to ask her to, you know, send some stuff into ADOM too because um, I thought that the, we thought that the, um, the content would be really good good for ADOM members, and, and she did, and I, I, I need to reach back out to her again because I really like her. Um, and, and this is where, you, like, you just see the same accounts over and over again, and, of course, you forget what their actual name is, so maybe marketing is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I know who but, they are, but I can't remember her name. It's awful. Um, and then... And, and sorry, and, and I'll be honest, you know, I follow a lot more guilty pleasures on Instagram than I do dental people, but it's but it's not because, you know, uh, I says it, it's because I haven't found the right ones to follow. I guess there haven't been those that use the hashtags on there that really jump out to me as oh, this would be a good one to follow to see how somebody's doing it right. You know, I just don't think a lot of people use hashtags appropriately. So oh, I the, agree. The the, the Accounts that I I follow, like, for example, my Jack Russell Terriers, like every picture of Jack Russell Terriers that I follow are tagged with JRT, Jack Russell, Jack Russell Terriers, Terriers. Um, And and they do it that way. But now I'll go, I'll I'll slide by um, a dental office's Instagram post, and it's like, great day here, and that's it. There's no... There's no hashtagging, right? Um, and that is that's not how how it works. And so if you're on on Instagram, you know people don't necessarily scroll through their feed as much as they scroll by hashtag. So you really do yeah. need to hashtag stuff. So what are your most common hashtags on your posts? You know, I always put dental. I always put dentist. I always put dental assistant, all one word. And, uh, but I think dental and dentist are the two biggest ones that you can put on there just because, again, you know, it's the industry you're in. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people may be looking for dental hygienist or dental assistant or dental mm-hmm. front office. But I, but I, I have found, at least on Twitter, and then I've used it over on the Instagram, that dentist is a good one to put on there as well. How about you? Um, yeah, mostly coding, uh, easy insurance because the, yep. the our our lovely Anastasia drives me crazy when she just if I text <laughs> if I put up a post and it's not tagged easy insurance I immediately get a text you know what are you doing you need to tag it right. so so easy insurance uh, dental and you know I put up coding and it's interesting because I get a lot of likes but it's all computer coding guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, or or yeah. ladies. Um, and so so that's interesting. So it's kind of, you know, building your base. But I, I, I want to share something that I saw yesterday, and I was pointing this out to my husband because it's 
it's just interesting to me. So I follow this one uh, Jack Russell Terrier account, and I've followed them since, I don't know, two, three years, whatever. Um, she started out just posting pictures of her pups, and it was all just, you know, pupper pictures. That's it. Yeah. Now yep. I'm, I'm scrolling through there because I was trying to show Norman some really cute pictures, and every other picture is a placement of a product. And she's only got maybe, you know, 2,500, 3,000 followers, which is a decent amount. But it was interesting because just in a couple months, her her feed has gone from, you know, 99% pictures of dogs to probably 80% pictures of dogs. And every now and then enjoying my dog with, you know, a cup of tea. And, of course, the tea is prominently placed. And same thing with cookies. Of course cookies, it is. Prominently placed. Yeah. Um and so natural natural thought was, well, I need someone to pay me for putting in, you know, my pictures of like burritos and stuff like that, like, <laughs> you know. But but I thought, wow, how subtle, you know, that was a change that happened. That was subtle that it happened. Um, and there's, I, and then I started paying more and more attention to the other um, posts that I look at, like the 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 scuba diving posts and the the cooking posts and all of that and I thought wow look at all this product placement so it's really getting there do you do you see that with yours yeah and I'm hoping in an out burger comes uh, out with their uh, uh, franchise tag for me but we'll see if that happens or not uh, but, <laughs> do you tag but no. do you tag in and out because you, you oh absolutely you certainly do your part <laughs> I, I have, I've paid them enough to open my own franchise. I'm pretty sure, but no, I, I do actually. It's funny, uh, you know. One of our one of our mutual friends um, tags Ultradent in everything that he or she that, that he does. Uh, oh, I'll say, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's very interesting, you know, because because obviously a lot of our friends are KOLs for certain companies, you know, and you and I have professional relationships with certain companies as well. Sure, but I I. Don't picture myself putting on there ever a, a product endorsement. I guess uh, you know, and I know that that's second nature to a lot of people. But I, I think social media is is about being social, and I think it's about showing pictures of Griffin and Odie, you know, and uh, and showing off what you do, you know, chasing an eclipse. Uh, I don't. I don't know that it's about. Here's what cement I use, but you know, maybe we'll get to that point. Who knows? <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, maybe I don't know because cause let's let's look at it from. I always try to play devil's advocate with each other. That's well, what sure. you and I are really yeah. good with. So Absolutely. so with with podcasting, <laughs> if I'm scrolling through Instagram and I'm I'm scrolling through the podcast because this is new to us. Like I'm really interested in what everybody else uses, how everybody else markets. So in that sense. If I see some product placement, I'm actually grateful because it feels like I'm I'm picking up what the experts are using. Sure. So that's one way to look at it. But if you're if you're on an Instagram and you're trying to not be exposed to that, you're trying to just enjoy dog pup pictures, then I could see how that would get annoying. So is is the trade off that you have more eyes on the product, and but you annoy maybe one or two people. What is that trade-off? What does that feel like? Yeah, it's a fine line, and I and I don't know what the fine line is, to be perfectly honest, because, you know, and, and our guilty pleasures, let's be honest here, in the past maybe and, and still currently is wrestling, you know, and, and you yes. and I have talked about this a lot. But I will tell you, I have noticed how WWE has all of a sudden gone so product-heavy, and it's almost a turn-off to me, you know, and I know some of you are going, well, it's pro wrestling's a turn on you've got a whole problem there but uh, 
But yeah, How you know they dare they. I know exactly. You just <laughs> click off right now. I tell you, uh, you know, But there was a whole segment that they did during SummerSlam, and it was all uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. They were all dressed up like the Colonel, and I was just sitting here going, "Really." You know, I is mean, that why, is that why Shawn Michaels was looking like the Colonel? Exactly, exactly. It was, oh, a, it was, a, chaos, it was a KFC commercial they had right in the middle oh, of the whole thing. Oh, see, because I didn't watch SummerSlam, I haven't watched it okay. yet, and I but I saw on social media pictures of him as the as the Colonel, and I thought, what kind of com? What is this now? What character is this going exactly, to be? Exactly. So. See, let's <laughs> just you're sitting there, and all of a sudden you're like, oh good, I'm getting hit in the face with fried chicken, but. Uh, you know, so so I think I think there's a fine line because obviously I know that you know the money is good, and certainly yes. there are companies that are willing to pay to be a part of it. And I also know, and you and I have seen it, that if a certain speaker talks about a certain product, that the attendees will go to that booth after he or she is done to find out more about the product. Yeah, so I mean, true. there really is a, a huge influence, but I. I you just have to walk that line between being a salesperson and being a, I know this has worked for me, and then let them make their own decision. Well, now, but here it is. We're talking about it. So oh, sure. Vince McMahon is an evil genius. Um, <laughs> and and let me ask you, did you get hungry for KFC? You know, uh, they're, they're, uh, you know extra crispy tenders are never a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Uh, I'll just say it. Uh, I'm sensing a yes is in there. Yeah, you know, you know, it's it's interesting. Yeah, uh, how about next? No, no comment, and we'll just move on from yeah. there. <laughs> it amazes me. Yeah, it's interesting to me how props can make such an impact on not only all of us who SummerSlam or anything, but also dental professionals. You know, like, like I mentioned, I see I see a lot of times that Gordon Christensen will mention a product. And it is amazing to see people show up at the booth to learn more about it. So I do yeah, think that's... that we're we're an influential side, there's no question. Well, and I haven't studied I mean I I know a little bit about marketing. Um I haven't studied it to be the art and science that I know some people study. Um Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I I I think we should probably do a little bit more um talking about that at some point. Oh, yeah. I just I find it very fascinating that um just a simple product placement is enough to get people to, to go to the trade show floor. Sure. Um, and then, of course, that, that impacts the whole, the whole CE process. That's why AGD and ADA have their, their big rules because it, it can become an issue. I, and I know, I mean, we, we won't throw any names out there, but I know I've been to meetings where it's been nothing but product placement. Oh. Um, yeah. And then, and then, uh, shamelessly, the person—you know—the person's getting paid. I mean, it's just obvious. Oh, yeah. It's so obvious. Um, but yet, the AGD and ADA—I know that they have these strict. I know they're strict because I've I've looked at them, and I know Adam has had to deal with them. And every time I speak, I have to sit, fill out these forms like you do. Um, sure. But yet, these same speakers are still out there. You know, basically being product salespeople. I mean, yeah. do you think that's ever going to change? No, but I also think that, that audiences are smart enough to know when somebody's suggesting a product versus pushing a product. And and I do think that eventually there's going to be enough pushback from the attendees going, this was a sales pitch, I didn't learn anything except what this guy or gal liked. You know, so I do I do think there's a there's that fine line there. And you know, but until there's really a crackdown by the ADA or the AGD or some of these meetings that, you know, you and I, have, uh, like you said, whenever we sign stuff, it really is 
You're, we're not kidding around here. You cannot be a, be a salesperson. You have mm-hmm. to be down the middle. Uh, you know, and, and I think you and I do a good job of that. But yeah, I can, I can immediately think of three or four people off the top of my head that I go, I'm not sitting through one of his or her lectures again just because I've been burned once because of that. Well, and not even sitting through the lectures because, oh my gosh, because it's just the same product placement over and over again. But is it the same course over and over again? I mean, oh, yeah. so, so Dr. Joe Smith, let's just, let's just call that a Dr. Joe Smith. You know, when you are a young office manager or a young um, journalist starting out like you were, you probably were sure. like, oh, my gosh, take a look at this. This person's awesome. They're rocking it. Then you see him three years later and you're going, well, you know, same same stuff. Oh, it's a good message. It's okay. You see them five years later and you're like, what is this? Why is it the same thing? And then 20 years later, you're going, okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you've got that. You've got that kind of experience. Because that's mine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, it's funny. I just had a friend of mine text me while we were BDC saying, you know, I just went to this course and it's actually a person you and I both know. I'm well, not going to mention yeah. her name. But she told me in text, she said that I don't think she's updated her slides in the last 10 years. <laughs> I mean, it, it was just, it was just, and, and she said that it wasn't just her. A lot of folks in the class, I mean, were even correcting her with like, well, you know, that's been updated. Uh, wow. You know, and so yeah, and so that's so awful. Oh, it is. It's horrible. You know, and, and I'll I'll talk to you about it later. But but it was yeah. something that a lot of people, you know, I I think if you're a speaker that you have a responsibility to to walk down the middle, not be a salesperson. Also, you're you're you have a duty to give the most up to date information you possibly can. And even if you know, even if you say, well, these are the last slides as of 2007. Well, really make sure that they are, you know, make sure that something has come out since then or whatever it might be. I, I think that's our duty as speakers. I, I agree. It is. It, our, we have, you know, the responsibility is pretty immense if you think about it. I mean, you've got people coming in who don't have any experience to the subject matter, and they're likely going to go back and do things in the office based on your recommendation. And if you're telling them something not current or not feasible, then they're their success is dependent on you and 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 here's here's i'll give you i'll give you a personal example i remember seeing um a scheduling guru speak and this is over 20 years ago for sure um and and i was brand new to the office it may have even been my first ce course and i went back and i tried to implement all of the stuff that she wanted me to do and it was i failed miserably because i you know, she gives you all of the information, but the hard part is, of course, the implementation. And and I remember, like, being really depressed and thinking this isn't going to work and I'm not doing it right and thinking that I would never get the numbers up to where they needed to be. Um, and that was a huge hit on my ego for a couple months, And you know, until doctor was just like, you know, chill out. Nobody gets this right. I've seen her lecture a million times. You know, he was yeah. like, no big deal. He's like, oh, I've seen her a million times. Yeah, yeah, we try it and it doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. So... Uh, has that happened to you where you've taken a class, gone back, and been like, okay, this is great, and then, eh, it doesn't work? Oh, yeah, yeah, and and that's whenever we go back into that, uh, you know what, I'm just going to do it the way I've always done it because that's easier. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, do you, if there's any kind of resistance that you meet so often, we as humans go, nope, I'm good, I'm reverting back. And so yeah. I, I think that as a speaker, you've got to make sure that, 
you give them baby steps and, and also let them know that they may not get something right on the first try. You know, I mean, almost set them up for that feeling that you had. Uh, you know, and, and not everybody's going to be that way, but still, I think the majority of folks, if they're learning something new, there's a little bit of trial and error learning on the curve. Sure. Sure, sure. Well, and so with we've got another big conference coming up. Um, we've got the ADOM conference coming yes. up. Yes, yes. And that's another conference where, you know, you've just got so much information being thrown at you that the Monday and Tuesday afterwards, I mean, could really either make you you know, flying high because you've got so much information or you're going to hit a really, really hard wall because it's too much information. But, you know, the one thing about ADOM is that the number of vendors there is so, it's so big. Um, Have you been able to hit every, you've gone almost every year, I think. I have, I have, yeah. Um, Have you been able to visit every single vendor there? You know, and... Yes, but it's not spending the time with them that I want. I mean, it's kind of a mad dash, uh, you know, and I know a lot of folks do that because you have to have your uh, your bingo card signed, you know, for the raffle. Yeah. But yeah. but if you really want to spend quality time, no, that's that's a pretty tough task, especially with the way that that exhibit hall has grown through the years, no question. Well, what I've seen is people actually, like, uh, you know, t- spending some time outside of the class and going during when classes are in session. Uh, to get their yeah. to get their deep yep. information and all of that, but um, my my goal this year because there's there's so many new um, new vendors that are there this year that I my goal is to really spend some time getting to know the companies. Uh, it's changing so fast. Uh, the the one class of company that I see coming up more that is just it, there's just too many of them now is the the admin outsourcing companies oh, the, yeah. the billing yep. the verification um the scheduling and i i really want to explore that so that's kind of my goal this year to to learn more about these companies and and what are the pitfalls in using them um so, so are you hearing so, anything about that yeah i mean uh, well yeah they're they're everywhere so I, I want to ask you because you're you've got a lot more expertise on this than I do. What are a couple of questions that you're going to ask to kind of really see what separates those kind of companies out? Well, I want to I, I want to ask how many active clients that they have because uh-huh. this is the the barrier to entry for this kind of company is pretty low. Um, you know, you just need a couple phone lines and you need availability and time. Um, yep. You need access to the computer, you know, that's that's web access, whatever. So if you think about it, as opposed to o- opening up an equipment company or opening up, you know, uh, a, a, something uh, technique-heavy practice or a company, this is a very low barrier to entry. And what that means to dentists and managers is that any Yahoo can kind of open up an office and say that they're your outsourcing expert. And yep. so... When we, when it first started, when when these outsourcing companies first started coming out, the prices were really high, but it was because it was such a unique offering, and the people who were doing it were really really good at it. They had systems in place. Then I think what happened is a bunch of office managers, you know, and, and my mind went to it as well. I absolutely considered it. Um, a bunch of office managers or a bunch of people who thought that they could work from home said, "Well, I can do this from home. I can do this remotely." And you started right. to see these right. companies pop up that were offering the service, and it was really just working from your, your living room. Nothing wrong with working from your living room. I'm in my living room right now. Oh, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but, but in order to provide a good customer experience, a good patient experience, you know, you can't have the dogs barking in the background. You can't, you know, you can't have the UPS truck delivering, all of that kind of stuff. 
um, planes flying overhead, right. Kevin, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, I know. So, so I definitely, <laughs> so I definitely see that there's more out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at pricing because I do think that with outsourcing, you you get what you pay for, and if it's too low, if it's really bottom of the barrel pricing, you're you're probably gonna get what you pay for. So Absolutely. I'll I take a look that. at that. And I think I'm going to take a look at, um, are they doing anything innovative? Not just, am I answering the phones, but what else are they doing extra? Are they taking a look at your treatment plans? Are they helping you call recare appointments? Um, as far as I know, there's, there's three companies out there to me who are four, let me say four, who are doing it well, um, with lots and lots of competition coming up. So you've got, um, You've got the insurance billing outsourcing, which is Leslie Eisnogel. That's hers, her company. Um, you've got Mary Beth Frampton with Dental Support Specialties. That's pretty much. She's. I think she's the oldest in. I think she's I think the oldest so. company around. Not the oldest person. Forgive me, Mary Beth, but she's the <laughs> longest running company. Um, you've got eAssist who has popped up, and lots of people like them. Um, and then you've got UIC Dental, which I there's UIC, which I think is an equipment place, but there's also UIC, which um, will answer your phones and kind of do your reception work. Um, and and I've had really good experience with them with clients. So so you've got four there, and I don't even know if they're all there at Adon. So I'll be long answer long answer to your very short question is I'm going to be asking them what the differentiating factor is for their service. Um, yeah. So I'm, they're going to have to convince me why they're different. And that let's translate that to the dental office because I was having a talk, our talk this weekend, about how to, the insider perspectives and how to make yourself, you know, stand out to the competition. Yeah. Um, as a practice, I would love it if you all had a conversation to say what is different about us, what is our differentiating factor, because you're going to get that patient on the phone while they may not ask you straight out, why should I come to you? That's what they're asking. That's what they're yeah. asking you questions for. So what, you know, as a practice, what is your differentiating factor? Like, so, and I'm going to, so I'm going to ask you what makes you different as far as the dental assistant speaker. So I'll give you yeah. a second to think about that because I just yeah. threw this right at you. But for, yeah. for the <laughs> people who are wondering why, why should I listen to Teresa talk about insurance? My differentiating factor is that I bust my but to stay as current as possible um, so that you're getting the most up-to-date information. You're not getting, you know, slides that are three years old and just, you know, the old information. You know, I I struggle really hard, um, struggle a lot to stay as current as possible. So what what is, what's Kevin Henry's differentiating factor? Yeah, I, you know, I think the thing that I try to do every day is that I, I talk to dental assistants, I talk to dental assisting instructors out there, and I really try to get that feel. I think I know what the demons are that dental assistants face on a daily basis, but, you know, I don't ever want something to slip up and me not talk about it in a lecture, you know, because this is such a distance, and, and you may find this with the office managers as well, but this is a very young group of individuals, and they, you talk about cutting edge with technology, social media, you know, these are the millennials that, you know, get such a bad rap. And so I really feel like every day I've got to be talking to people and saying what's going on out there as well as keeping up with, you know, and thank God I've got a 19-year-old daughter who helps keep me up with what's going on social media-wise and what this next generation is really thinking and what's important to them. Now, 
what does Julia want to do? What's she looking at? You know, she she's actually in school at the University of Oklahoma, sophomore and physical therapy. And my daughter is so excited because this month she gets to start working on cadavers. She oh. is thrilled beyond belief, and so she's got scrubs. I mean, she yeah, she's really. Uh, I'm super proud of her. I mean, I always am, but she's doing such a great job, and she's really has this passion for helping people get back to a normal way of living, and I, I think that's really cool. There is a, um, you know, one of my favorite Instagrams, and of course, we always reveal way too much about ourselves <laughs> on these podcasts, but you know, it is what it is. Um, there's a, I'll have to send it to you, there's a Instagram account, and she is super, super popular, so I'm not the only weird one. Um, it's a mortician, it's a, well, she's a, a it's, oh gosh, what is that called? Not the, the CSI guys, the one who does the cadaver, it's not... The foreigner. Coroner, thank you. Gosh, why can I not think of that? She's a coroner for, I think, like New York or Pittsburgh or something like that. I'm going to have to find her Instagram and I'll send it to you. She probably already knows about it. Um, Actually, you you did, and I've already sent it to Julia. She's a big fan of this as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember. That was a long time ago. That is one of my most favorite Instagrams because, yes, the pictures are, are awful, but... I learned so much. It's such she goes out of her way to explain the disease process, um, and you know what we're looking at and why it's so sad. I mean, it's sad when you see. Of course, she'll put fetuses on there and she'll explain why the fetus um, didn't make it. And it's not. It is morbid, but it's not awful morbid. It's so. It's so educational. It's it's definitely one of my favorite Instagrams. So I'm glad she's. I'm glad she did pick up on that. Um, oh, she did. And yeah. when, she, so when she so when she gives her. Oh, yeah? That's cool. Yeah, she cool. did. Um, well, when she does get her cadaver, I'm curious to know what they name the cadaver because that's, you know, we that's always the interesting thing. What do you name your cadaver when you're working on them? Well, and I will tell you, and Julia, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're going to push your head that I'm sharing this right now, but she was so excited to pick the day of the class because apparently they share cadavers with another class, and she wanted to have her, she wanted to have the first cut. To her, of that she got a fresh, yeah, and stuff like you know that's really think about that's super smart as well. So there you go. I she doesn't want to be the second to the table. I get it. I totally get exactly. it. Um, exactly. Tell her, let her know. And uh, Julia, I hope you're listening to this, the lovely Julia. Um, when when I had to work on a cadaver cat, we named it Toonsis. Do you remember on Saturday Night Live there was a skit Toonsis? Toonsis, the driving cat. Yeah, so ours. Yeah. Ours was Toons's, and and you know what's funny? Back then, of course, this was before the days of Instagram and Twitter, we couldn't take pictures with our cadavers, and I don't know if we would have, because that's a little weird, but but I do see it on Instagram and Twitter. People do take pictures, not with the human cadavers, but the animal cadavers. Um, Sure, yeah. And that would be, like, rude to take it with I think that's disrespectful for the human, but I do see pictures of the animal cadavers, and there's part of me that's like, I remember Toons's, and then there's part of me that's like, okay, stop, Teresa, just stop. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there again, there's the moment of oversharing. Let's have that, let's make that a regular uh, part of this podcast, Kevin, exactly. the moment of oversharing. And, and, and we should have that brought to you by, you know, see if we can product like that there, so it'd be perfect. <laughs> brought to you by, what's, can we get in touch with like an embalming company or, yeah, exactly. a, or a cemetery you know, or something? A, you know, a buddy of mine runs a mortuary in Muncie, Indiana, so I'm going to reach out to Meeks Mortuary and see if they're willing to sponsor that segment. So there you go. That's awesome. 
<laughs> we need at least a box of chocolates. There you go. There's your. Okay. That's our first unofficial sponsor. Unofficial because he has no idea. <laughs> right. just, just ask for the Kevin and Teresa special when you walk into Meek's Mortuary next time. So. <laughs> oh my lord! That's a, and that that is actually I know what that special is. You get buried with a WWE belt. That's exactly. What you get. <laughs> it's exactly. Super star. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't don't ask for the Hell in a Cell special. Don't no, no you don't want that. No, that's. Uh, I'll have to ask uh, Dave Cox. I'll have to ask Dave about that when I see him at our thirtieth class reunion. I'll see if he's up for that. So we'll that's see what we can awesome. do. And that was the sound of our collectors, a collective audience, just just turning exactly. us off right there. <laughs> So, all right, we're going to wrap this up, but, you know, I just, I did want to get serious for just a second because we are, um, we've had some interest on, you know, people wanting to share their stories on the podcast, and so I want to invite all of you again to do that. We do have, and I'll put it in the show notes, um, we do have a form that you can fill out in which you would be able to share your nobody told me that story or just come on and have some fun with us. I mean, as you can tell, we, we have a good time. Kevin has uh, farting trucks in the background all the time. And, um, hey, <laughs> I've got you're, dogs you're falling come off. On. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, and I, I'm, I'm impressed our, our guest dog, Marcus, who we are dog-sitting, hasn't said anything. In fact, um, we actually were calling him Barkus for a little bit because he was just barking so much. So uh, I'm glad that he's, he's rested. But, um, <clears throat> Kevin, any closing, any closing comments? No, other than it's always interesting to see what direction we take things, uh, you know, because you never know where we're going to head with stuff. But. But no, I, I think it's, I think today was really pretty cool, and I think that marketing, you know, is that ever-evolving thing that I think still scares the crud out of so many dentists and dental practices. And and I'm I think we could do a whole segment on marketing and what people have done right and what they've done wrong. Well, and you had mentioned. Um to me before that marketing and leadership seem to be the two things that really yeah. scare um, doctors. So maybe we can focus on that on the next podcast. You know, what's, what are the parallels between marketing yeah. and leadership and, and why, why does it cause so much fear and distress? Because you're right. I, I, I think you nailed it on the head there. So um, I think you are absolutely correct. So if you would like to be a part of this fun show, uh, go ahead and fill out that form. It's going to be in the show notes and hopefully we gave you some information today. Um, I don't want to hear that you, nobody ever told you that, and I hope that some of the stuff that we uh, shared today is going to help further that goal. So until the next time, uh, Kevin, with his planes, trains, and automobiles, says saying goodbye, <laughs> and uh, I, I am going to wrap it up now. We'll talk to you soon. Subscribe to this podcast so you'll get our next candid discussion. Visit Teresa's website, odysseymgmt.com. That's odysseymgmt.com for more information on Teresa's courses, books, and speaking schedule. Subscribe to her newsletter while you're there. Don't say we didn't tell you that. <laughs>